I'm pretty sure that me and you are, are similar in the fact that we want to live a life that's significant. I mean, I, I personally, I want to live a life that, that matters, that makes a difference. And I'm not talking about being famous and being on, you know, everybody knowing who Chad is. I, I, don't, I don't really care about that. But what I do want is to be a blessing to people's lives. I want to make a difference in the world. I want to contribute to, to good in the world. And I would bet that almost everybody in here is the same way, and there's a reason for that. Well, I guess I should ask, um, how many of you kind of feel the same way? You want to make a difference in the world. You want, to be, you want to be significant. I mean, it's okay to want to be. We think that God put that in us. And we've been saying that each week, and the, the scripture that we get this from or one of them is Ecclesiastes 3.11, and if you read the entire story around this, you can pick up this point. And here's what, it, here's what we read. God has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. When, when you get the, the heart of this, this scripture and what, we're, what we can pull from it, it's a, God placed in us a sense of significance, a sense of purpose. And that's one reason why you want to make a difference, because God put it there. Um, you, you inherently have something in you that wants to be part of a bigger picture. Sometimes you might have heard it said this way, you want to be part of something bigger than yourself. That's, that's, you wanna, you're wanting to be part of something that's making a difference. And God placed that there. It's a good thing that you have that. It's a good thing we have that. And another part of it is God likes to empower you to actually do it. He likes to give you what it takes to be significant. And in this series, we've been talking about that. We, we've, so far, we've talked about these seeds we're calling them that he plants in our lives. We, we've talked about a seed of confidence, a seed of character, a seed of connecting with God. And last week, we talked about a seed of cooperating or cooperating with God to help give us a significant life. And each week, this entire series, we've been using a guy named David and and taking a look at his life. Now, just in case you don't know who David is, I'll give you a little bit of history about him. David was a, an Israeli boy. He was one of the youngest, or the youngest of some brothers, and he was kind of pushed to the side and put in the back. Uh, he, got, he got put behind all of his, his brothers. Well, it turns out that God actually chose him to be the upcoming or the next king of Israel at the time. Uh, and so that, that all happened while, while David was still not there yet, but it was, he was supposed to be, but it, he wasn't old enough. The time hadn't come. He, his father sends him to go check on his brothers who were fighting in, the, in, let's say, the army. They were one of the soldiers of Israel, and they were in battles against their enemies. And he went out to check on his brothers, probably took them, you know, a Big Mac or something. Hey, guys, I know you're hungry. So he traveled out there. When he gets out there, there's this giant, like literal giant, you know, somewhere in the, in the vicinity of nine foot tall, this huge person who was an enemy. He was one of the bad guys. And he, he was threatening and challenging the, the Israeli soldiers. Nobody wanted to fight him. None of them did. They, they were all afraid of this guy. So this little David, who is a tough kid, uh, he decided, I'll do it, and he kills him. He kills Goliath, the, the giant. Well... His, he, that's a pretty significant event in, in the history of, the, of, of Israel. It's a, it's a significant event in the life of David, and it keeps going from there. Eventually, he became a soldier, 
and he won battle after battle as one of the military leaders of the country. And he was very successful, very good at what he did, which I guess was killing people. And so time goes on, and people begin to recognize that David is, there's something special about him. Well, King Saul, the, the, the king of Israel, got jealous of David. He knew, he, my guess, he knew he was going to be the next king, and I don't think Saul really wanted that. He would have rather one of his kids be the king, but uh, so he, at some point, he got jealous and decided to kill David himself. He tried and failed, but then he hunted him down for years, and there was a whole, there's a lot of drama in David's life. A lot of it spent running from somebody trying to kill him. Well, eventually, he does become David does become the, the king of Israel, and he has a very significant life, so much so that we're talking about it today, thousands of years later, so much so that everybody in Israel knows who David is. If you just say the word, the name David, guaranteed they're going to know who you're talking about. Well, today, we're going to add our last seed to this discussion, and we're going to talk about how David's success and significance hinged on another thing. It hinged on him living in community with other people. Now, his role was pretty significant as the king, uh, eventually became the king. Um, but even before that, he lived in and built, he lived in a community and he built friendships with people to, to, to achieve significance in your life, in my life. There's, there's a part of David's life that we should, we should copy, I guess. We need to live our lives in the context of community. Uh, of, of with other people. And let me tell you what we mean by that. To live in community, we're, we're simply talking about having life-giving relationships. Life-giving relationships, obviously, with other people. You might have a lot of cats. You might have a lot of dogs, and, and that might be your community, and you may love them, but that doesn't count. We're talking about community, friendship, living life with, with people. I really thought somebody might chuckle at that, but that was a fail. Okay. David, David and his friends had a big impact on each other's life. Now, you might be able to re relate, especially if you've got some close friends, and they enhanced each other's life and made each other more significant. The, the reason for this is God made us this way also. He made us to need other people. He made us to be engaged with and involved with other folks. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some examples of some of the types of friends that David had in his life that helped him live a significant life. The first one is this. There's a guy named Jonathan. Jonathan was King Saul's son. And the, the king, the same Saul that ended up trying to kill David, well, he had a son. And that son, Jonathan and David, became very close friends. And we're going to read part of it. 1 Samuel 18. This is... This is right after David is young, and he's telling King Saul about killing Goliath. By the time David had finished reporting to Saul, Jonathan was deeply impressed with David. An immediate bond was forged between them. He became totally committed to David. Excuse me. From that point on, he would be David's number one advocate and friend. Uh, could I say it another way? From that, that point on, he saw David as his own brother. Jonathan, out of his deep love for David, made a covenant, a very serious agreement with him. He said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in life with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there for you. Um, you, know, you. You are just, my, my heart is joined with yours. You're 
you're, you're my best friend. He formalized this whole agreement with some gifts. Jonathan, being the king's son, he had all kinds of stuff, and he's like, he gave him a robe. He gave him his own weapons. He gave him armor. He's like, man, listen, I'm, I'm in. I'm for you in life. And so David and Jonathan formed a friendship. Now, in spite of Jonathan's dad hating David eventually, Jonathan was still his friend. He, he, still, he was still part of his life. And actually, Jonathan even saved David's life one time. When Saul was set up to kill him, Jonathan intervened and he saved him. He, he helped him not, not get killed. Well, Jonathan's friendship made David's life more significant. It, it just by the fact that they were living life and they were friends and they were living in a community together. Um, you could say it this way. Jonathan was one of David's go-to friends, one of those friends that were there for him. Every one of us in here, we need to have a go-to friend, somebody that they're always going to have your back. You could always count on them. Uh, and, and I don't mean you could count on them to help you, like, rob a bank. I mean that, that you could count on them to be there for you, uh, maybe even when you're wrong. But you know that if you go to them, they're going to care about you, and their heart is, is for you to succeed. Their heart is for you to live a life of significance. Everybody in here needs a friend like that, a friend that's going to go the extra mile because they love you, maybe one who, whose heart, or actually one whose heart is connected to yours, and I think that's something that we, we could pray for. Maybe you have a friend like that, and it's possible. And I'm talking about more than your spouse, all right? So, so you know, guys, you have your wife. Ladies, you have your husband. And, and they need to be your absolute best friend. But what, what we're talking about is living in community um, even in addition to that. Guys, you need to have a guy friend that, that, is, that he's connected to you, and he loves you, and he cares about your life. Ladies, you need the same thing. And so... That's the type of friend we're talking about. That's the living in community with other people. Um, it's some, we could pray something very simple. If you, don't, you find yourself not having that, it, it's okay. Um, but your life can be some more, more significant. You may say, and you may talk to God, and you might say something like, God, help me to build friendships with people that will have my back. Someone that is going the same direction I'm going. It's okay to pray and ask. Matter of fact, I would recommend it. God, put somebody like that in my life. A friend like this is most of the time found in community. If, if you and I live like hermits, we're not, we won't live in community. Our life won't have as much significance. We won't be connected to people. You and I need to live in community and, and engage in life with people on a regular basis. Let's talk about another. Another friend of David was a guy named Nathan. Now, this guy, Nathan, was, if you read about him in the Bible, he has, kind of, he has a title, and it's a prophet. Nathan was the guy that would talk to God and tell David what God said. And he did not just for David. He, he, that, that's who this man was. Well, eventually, David would call for Nathan and say, hey, I need to hear from you. And he, they actually built a, a relationship, a friendship. And I'm going to read to you here a kind of a little story about 
a time that Nathan came in and talked to David. So David's the king at this point, and Nathan walks in, and it's a, even though he's the king, you still can't just walk in and talk to the king. You know, there's, there's protocol involved in all of this. But David was a close enough friend that he was allowed to come. And here's, here's the story, and then I'll, I'll, if you don't know the story, don't worry, I'll catch you up when we're done. So the Lord, let me, let me rephrase. God actually told, did I say that? God told Nathan to come, talk to David. A lot of times David called for him. This time, Nathan went on his own. So the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to tell David this story. There are two men in a certain city, one very rich, owning many flocks of sheep and herds of goats, and the other very poor, owning nothing but a little lamb he had managed to buy. It was his children's pet. He fed it from his, very own, from his own plate, and he let it drink from his own cup. I got to say, I think that's gross, but he did this. Um, the, the poor man, he cuddled this, this little lamb in his arms like a baby daughter. Recently, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing the lamb from his own flocks for, for food for the traveler, he took the poor man's lamb and roasted it and served it. I know we're all mad at the, the rich man at this moment. David was furious. He was like, I swear by the living God, he vowed, any man who would do a, a thing like that should be put to death. David was hot that this happened. He shall repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he had stolen, having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are that rich man. The Lord God of Israel says, I made you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you his palace and his wives and and the kingdoms of, of Israel and Judah, and if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the laws of God and done this horrible deed, and here it is, for you have murdered Uriah and stolen his wife. So here's the story. Here's what happened. David's the king, and he should have been off fighting at this time, and he wasn't. Well, he sees Uriah's wife. Her name was Bathsheba, and uh, she was taking a bath on the top of, her, of the house. I don't know why she was doing that, but she was. And so David decided, hey, he sent some people for her. Uh, he slept with her, got her pregnant while Uriah was gone. Well, David tried to get Uriah, one of his soldiers, one of his leaders to come back and stay the night with his wife and so that they could pretend like the baby was Uriah's. Well, he wouldn't do it. He was dedicated to the, the men on the front line. So here's what happened. David gave Uriah a note that was sealed with the king's seal. And in that, he was supposed to give it to the commander when he got back to the front lines. Uriah got back to the front lines, gave the note to the commander. The commander opens it up, and here's what it says. When the battle's really hot and you guys are really fighting, put Uriah on the front line and leave him there alone so that he'll die. Uriah delivered his own death letter to the, the commander. Essentially, David murdered him. So that's, that's what David had done. David had gotten off track. I think we could agree, right? Well, we all need a friend who will help us see reality. Nathan went to David and said, dude, here's the reality of where you're living. Here's the reality of what's going on in your life and what's happened. Quite honestly, David could have killed Nathan without, any, without anything happening. I'm tired of you. Get out. But he didn't. We all need a friend that will help us see reality. Reality is the, the truth of the situation. 
I know you think things are great, and I know you think you're doing well, but here's what's really happening. Here's what you can't see. Uh, the truth hurts comes to mind as, as a phrase that a, a friend like this, you will, a lot of times, oh, man, he's got something to tell me. And I hate it when he tells me because he's right, you know, but we need that. We need this. Uh, sometimes, like David, we get in way over our head. Or sometimes we just have a blind spot and we don't see what's happening. Sometimes we need somebody to call us out and say, hey, you're messing up. Well, fortunately, when uh, Nathan told this to David, David came clean. He's like, I know, you're right. And he got his life back on track. He, he turned to God and he said, okay, I've, I've gotten out, I've gotten off. I know, I know this went wrong in my life. So... David's life was put back on the track of significance because of his friend, Nathan. After that, and even times before, David would call for Nathan and say, hey, I need you to hit me with it. Make sure I'm going the right direction. I need, you know, I need help. Sometimes we've got to search for somebody who will tell us the truth about our own lives and where we're at. This is the friend that we sometimes don't want to talk to because we like what we're doing but it's a friend we need. Consider yourselves for a second. Do you, do you have a friend uh, that will help you see reality? Do you have somebody that's not afraid to come and tell you, hey, hey, you know, there's a story about this rich man and this poor man, and you're the rich man, or whatever it is. Uh, do you have a friend like that? If you don't, don't feel horrible. Like, oh, great, I've failed in life. I haven't got one of those friends. It's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're just saying... In community, you can find a friend like that, and you need one. I need one. We could pray and talk to God and say something like this. God, help me find friendships with people that will call me out, with people that will give me the reality of where my life is and what's going on. God, help me find someone like that. Again, in community is where we find people like this, and they help you live a life of significance. One more one more section of David's friends. This is a group of guys. When David was running from Saul for all those years, he built relationships with these men that came to follow him. And he, so he had relationships with them before he became king and while he was king. And they, a lot of them are part of this next story. They were fellow soldiers with David. And here's the context of the story. David and his army are about to go to battle. And they're about to go fight against David's own son. David's son had, had, had rebelled or not, that's not even a strong enough word. David's son was trying to kill him. And they were going to fight. The, the armies of each other were going to fight. Well, David being the, you know, top soldier, David was, you know, an elite guy. I mean, he was good at what he did. And I don't know how old he was at the moment when this happened, but he, he was like, let's go. And we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers on each side, okay? He's like, I'm, a, I'm going. Well, here's a conversation between David and some of his commanders, these guys that he had, made, he had been friends with. He'd been living in community with them for probably many years. Here's, here's, where, here's how it goes. 2 Samuel 18, the king, David, told his troops, I'm going out with you. But his men objected strongly, you must not go. They urge, if, if we have to turn and run, and even if half of us die, it'll make no difference to Absalom, his son's troops. They'll be looking for only you. They're like, hey, hold on, man. 
the whole purpose that this is happening is because they want to kill you. I don't think you should go. You're worth 10,000 of us, they told him. And it's better that you stay here in the town and send help if we need it. If we need reinforcements, you can command them to come. If you, David's response is, if you think that's the best plan, I'll do it, the king answered. So he stood alongside the gate of the town as the troops marched out in groups of hundreds and of thousands. David, the, the greatest warrior and military leader that Israel had ever known. He's told by his group of friends, no, you don't need to go. You need to stay. You, you need to take a back seat to the, in this one. And you need to do this part. Now, I, we don't know exactly why. Maybe they saw his inner conflict and they thought, well, we don't, definitely don't want you to die. That's the main reason. Uh, maybe they didn't want him to have to kill his own son. Maybe they thought he was getting too old. Maybe he was. And he wouldn't survive this type of battle. Maybe they just had a better idea. We all need insightful friends that will help us make good decisions. These guys helped him make a good decision because the, the end result is he lived. And they won that battle. We'll, we'll talk about it. But you and I need friends that will help us make good choices. To go the, the direction that we need to go in life. This is all part of living a significant life. Now, to his credit... David did listen to them, and if you caught the end of it, David stood there at the gate. And we don't know if he saluted them. We don't know what he did, but I guarantee he was standing there in support of what was happening as thousands of soldiers walked by. He stood there, and he was, he was in support of the whole plan that his friends put together for him. They picked him up when he needed help. And said, this is the way you're going to go today. And he said, okay. David's army won that battle. And his life continued to be significant. Because, it, because they helped him make a good choice. Now, here, here's something that you and I could, we take from this. And that we can certainly pray. God, help me build friendships with people that will help me make solid decisions. Those wise friends. Those people that have been there before, Maybe. The ones that can see you and they can see the situation and say, this is where you match with that, where sometimes we can't see it ourselves. I can imagine being the one, such a soldier that David was, he's like, I can take on anybody. Nobody's killed me yet. I got it. I, got, I, know, I know more than all of them. Uh, he could easily have said, thought that, and went that way, but instead, he let them help him decide. So we have these three or two and then a group of friends of David. He found these people in community, and they helped him live a significant life. Now, so I think you guys got this part figured out. Where can we find good friends? Where, what, what do we do to help ourselves have these friends in our lives? Well, we invest in a community, in your notes, that's the little line. It, says, it, it reads, invest in a community. I kind of feel like you should cross out the little A and, and just read it, invest in community. Here, let, we'll just, let's talk about it practically where we're at. You and I need community. You're made for it. I'm made for it. It helps us with living a significant life, something God planted in us. As a matter of fact, I'll give you odds there's probably a 99.999% chance 
or that to 100% chance that your life will not be as significant as God intended if you don't live in community. It's, it, this is a major thing that you and I need. Here, here in our county, we got different parts, things you could be involved in to, to in, be a part of community. We have, it goes with everything. Maybe, maybe you go work out with a group of people. You know, that's community. Maybe you hang out with people outside of work, but you've made friends with them. That's, that's community. Maybe you, you join in some sort of, of club or some sort of a group in the, in the city or in the county that, that volunteers and does things. That's part of community. Maybe you volunteer at school or the hospital. or There's a ton of things you could be involved in, a ton of things you could connect with community and begin to build friendships with people, get involved with the team. Well, that, that's one part of it. Another part is, if you're following Jesus and you're wanting to live the life that God, uh, and you're wanting support in living the life that God had for you, one community overall in our whole area with things outside of church, very important I think you should do. As a matter of fact, in case you didn't know, uh, Ed and I do this week on a regular basis ourselves. One day a week, we take to be part of some sort of community involvement that's outside of church. Uh, and that's something we do every week. Ed, Ed slacks a little bit, but you can tell him I said that. Um, his outside of church is school. So when school isn't in session, um, he, he does church stuff instead. But when he's back in session, that's where he's, he's volunteering there. Um, for me personally, it's with the, it's with the police department. But the, you could, there's all kinds of things you could be involved in a community outside of church. But then inside of, we would call inside of church, here's some things that we have here at Ignite that you may or may not have known about that can help you build community in following Jesus. Uh, number one, and here's a list of them. I'll give you a list of them. We have Ignite groups. It's something that we, we've had for a little while. We still have them now. We'll continue to have them. You, you could join the community here. Now, just in case you didn't know, on the website or on the app, there's a button or a little tab, and it reads, join the community. It's been there for a long time. Some of you might not have seen it. It's okay. But you can check it out now. Matter of fact, if you... There we are. And they had new batteries in it before we started. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just electric up here and sucking the life out of the batteries. Anyway, um, where was I? So you could go to join the community. On, you can see it right there. And then you see a list of things that you could be a part of. We have, did you know that we have a men's group that meets every week? And they get together. They talk about different things. It kind of goes in little sessions and they, they do different stuff. Every week, you could be a part of that if, if you're a guy. Did you know that we have something called Ignite Women? And it's not a small group. It's actually a group that they're, they're, they've done events. They've done a couple, like, big things. They're planning a thing coming up in Houston. They're planning an on-site, on-site event right now. Uh, this is something that any of you ladies could be a part of. 
you could begin to build friendships and community with Ignite Women. You can see it there on the, on the Facebook page. Actually, they, have their own, they actually have their own Facebook page. Uh, and if you go to the website and you look under Join the Community, you're going to see Ignite Women, click there, and you can contact them, or it can, it'll, it's going to actually take you to their Facebook page where, where they're talking about stuff. I try not to read it too much because it's just a lot of ladies talking about lady things, <laughs> things I don't want to, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to arrange flowers, people. So anyway, they're, they're having a great time. Did you know that right now, actually, during this time on Sunday mornings, we have something called Ignite 201, and it's happening upstairs in one of the rooms. It's for folks that have been, you, know, you started going to church, but you want, you know, like, hey, I would like to kind of have a little bit, I would like to add to what I'm getting. And so we have a separate class to, to kind of help you along in that journey. And it, again, it's happening right this moment upstairs. Did you know we have Ignite Youth, 6th grade, grade to 12th grade, it happens every week. There's a group called an eclectic group. It's a weird name, but they came up with it. And so uh, they're, they're a group that has fun. They do stuff. I've, I've done stuff with them, and it, they have a, a good time. They, they go to places. They do things. They hang out. Um, there's a place you could build community, and you could find friends and begin to and you know, find one of these types of friends we're, we're talking about. There's a, a group of Ignite singles, 18 and up. They've been doing stuff. They've been going places. They've been hanging out together. You could be a part of that if you're single. If you're married, sorry, you're not allowed. But if you're single, you're allowed. We have two other groups. One's called The Well and one's called Deeper, and they're both kind of a, a Bible study type groups that happen every single week that you could be a part of, building community. Then here's something else. So those are the groups we have now. We're going to continue to expand as time goes. We have, we have some events coming up. We've talked about um, Smokehouse Sunday. Did you know you can help build a community in your own life by being a part of that? Just by coming and, and making plans to stay after on that Sunday, that's kind of an easy thing to do. You're already going to be here, and it's free food. Um, did, you know, we've been asking for guys to come and help us smoke the meat. You know why? Did you know we could actually pay somebody to do it? And we can, and we will if we have to. But the reason we're asking for people to do it isn't to save us money. It's so that the group of guys that are hanging out out there cooking the meat together, they can... They can get to know each other. They can make friends. They're building community as they do that. All you guys that have done this before know what I'm talking about. You know you start lying to each other about the fish you caught, and, but at least you're making friends as you lie to each other. Y'all know. You know, that's the biggest part of that. There's a list out there in the lobby right there by the front doors that you could put your name down. Say, hey, I'm going to be part of that. We have a night of worship coming up. You'll get more details on all these things, but they're, they're, they're coming up where you could come, an extra night where we come and just hang out, the, the band plays, we, we sing and worship God. We have an Amazing Race Christmas edition coming up. Now, our crew got to be part of the Amazing Race earlier this year, it was this year, right? And uh, we had a great time. Well, we're, we're going to do a church-wide Amazing Race for in Christmas. So I think that's, that's mid-December mid is when that's happening, so we're, you'll start hearing about that. You could be part of that. You can be a contestant, you can be a host, you can be a, a person taking pictures. There's all kinds of ways for you to be involved in community in just this one event here at Ignite. We'll have trunk or treat coming up. You can give some candy to some kids in October. In November, we're going to have a chili cook-off. Obviously, we like to do stuff where you eat food around here, but 
where you can come. I promise you that Ed will not enter this, this next time because uh, he just used my recipe and won last year. Uh, so I'm not going to allow that to be. But you guys can be part of that. Building community is huge, and it's a major seed in you and I living a significant life. All these things, here's what they take. They take some time and energy. But time and energy make for great relationships. We want you guys to have relationships with each other in the community, in, in the city and at the county, and in the church, both. We, we need both of them. There's obstacles to it. Well, you know, I'm busy. and Well, this, I understand. We're, we all have that. But if you invest time and energy, it will be well worth it. So here's what I want to do. As we wrap it up, I want to pray. And kind of, I just, I'm going to pray for you, but you need to make this your own as we pray. Y'all stand up with me. Lord, every one of us in here wants to live a significant life. We want to, to go the way that, that you're taking us. We want our life to make a difference, and we pray. Lord, that you show us where you see us in community, individually. Show us which, which group or which organization or which, which part of things that we've mentioned today or, or maybe even others that we have. And where, where do you see us fitting in? We pray that you direct us there. That you help us connect. Help us to make life-giving friendships that will make our life and their life more significant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.